All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and we get to celebrate now as the Nuggets, they move on. They defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves in Game 5, win the series 4-1. to one. Uh, Final score of this one was 112-109. The Nuggets, as I mentioned on Twitter, they make it a little bit too close for comfort a lot of these times, but uh, Nuggets drop confetti at the end of this first round series, and it's deserved. It's deserved. I think everybody should be able to celebrate moving on. I think it's nice to be able to uh, just just enjoy the moment a little bit. The Denver Nuggets will not play again until Saturday. Uh, we've got... 555-ish in the chat. LFG. Fernando says, let's go. Dr. Van Nostrand says, let's go Nuggets. Trevor says, woo. I'm with you, man. Uh, Michael Talley says, Ryan, has your heart finally slowed? Because mine hasn't. Uh, That's the great thing about this job, man, is it never slows. You're always on edge, and you hate it, and you love it. And that's what sports are all about, man. You got to live on the edge. But you also have to enjoy the moments, and I I want to make sure to hit on that in the third segment especially. Nuggets fans, everything is very caught up on winning a championship. I understand that. But if you're so caught up in that that you can't enjoy the journey along the way, can't enjoy some of these moments, then you're not thinking and prioritizing the right things. Like It's it's not all about that. 29 teams lose, 29 of them, and, and Denver's never won, so... It's going to be like it's still very unlikely that Denver wins a championship, but we are going to cross that bridge when we come to it. And I, I do think that it's important for Nuggets fans to celebrate these moments, like Jamal Murray coming back and like coming down. Like he had some big, big moments in this game, in this series, especially, and outmatched Anthony Edwards when Ant looked like the second coming of Michael freaking Jordan. So there's a lot to like about this and there's a lot to I think to be positive about so let's continue to be positive here uh, I got home probably about 15 minutes ago so I do not have all of my stats fully plugged in but I will still do my best to make sure to give you a good accurate recap of everything I'll have the stats on uh, a, a different screen here or I'll, I'll have them on the same screen just in a different window uh, but let's now go to Nikola Jokic, who uh, I'll, I'll save Jamal Murray for just a little bit here. We'll do those two guys first, and then we'll take a break after that. Nikola Jokic is so funny, man. Like he's he is a he's such an interesting player, such a unique personality, and, and such a completely crazy like a completely crazy skill set and leader uh, because very few guys approach it the way that he does. Very few guys approach it with the same level of kind of of even-keeledness, unselfishness, completely not thinking about anything from the personal standpoint of this. Like he's just entirely thinking about the team. And yet tonight he, he takes 29 shots, only makes eight of them. And it was... I think very reminiscent of a Game 7 matchup that he had with the San Antonio Spurs back in the day. I think he went like 9 of 26 or so in that game. And it's very uncharacteristic, obviously, to see him miss as many shots as he did. He was 1 of 9, 2 of 10 at one point. Uh, 
nine of his first nine shots, I'm pretty sure, were jumpers. And it was just a, a wild way to begin this game. And I was flabbergasted by it. But I just thought, okay, okay, he's trying to work out the kinks of his jumper. You understand that that's going to be a big thing for the rest of the series. But at some point, you've got to like get to the rim. And, and he made a shot at the rim off of a nice Jamal uh, zip pass underneath to a cutting Jokic for a transition layup. And that caused a timeout by the Timberwolves. That They clearly saw that. Uh, but then he still kept shooting the jumper. And he kept shooting the jumper throughout the evening. And it was a, a mostly a clank fest. At one point, he was 6 of 25 in the game. Finished the game 8 of 29. But as Michael says in the comments, uh, when you put up 8, 28, 17, and 12 in your off game, you are an all-time great. Uh, yeah. And that's why I keep talking about it. That's why I keep holding him to this level of uh, criticism. Because he is that great. He is that incredible. And Nuggets fans should always have the utmost uh, expectations for the best player in the world. And nights like these happen to everybody. It's, it's not like nobody is immune to that. It was just so uncharacteristic of Joker, though, to take as many jump shots as he did, not really challenge anybody on the inside. And any time he got anywhere near the rim, he was fading on his, on his floaters. He was fading on his jump hooks. It was very odd. But then he showed up when it mattered, of course. That's just who he is. That's the kind of player and the person that he is. He's going to show up for his team. His team kept feeding him. They kept giving him the opportunities, as many as he needed to get. And they won the game because they kept going through him. He had a matchup against Carl Anthony Towns for most of the evening. He didn't face Rudy Gobert that often. They put Rudy on Aaron Gordon. Kind of a change-up from Chris Finch and what he had been doing in the previous games. Uh, obviously giving Rudy Gobert 43, that probably helped to make that decision. But it was very interesting just to watch this unfold. Joker has was hitting threes, but he couldn't really hit anything inside the arc until the final uh, couple minutes where he put seven points up on the board. Denver was tied 102-102. He puts up seven by himself to put, to put Denver up 109-104, to including a contested and one floater. That was such a big, big shot. And <clears throat> those are just like, those are just the shots that you have to make as a star. And he made them. He made them when it counted, even if the shooting efficiency isn't what you wanted, even if some of the decision-making was a little bit weird. But hey, got 28, 17, and 12. As mentioned before, had two steals and two blocks, just two turnovers. So it wasn't like he was also throwing the ball away, but... Uh, it was just so fascinating to see this work this way. And I do think that uh, like he, he just continues to impress, man. Like he, Even on the off nights, you can still make it work. Uh, Michael Talley's got my back here. A couple stats on that game seven against San Antonio. Uh, Jokic was 9 of 26 for 21, 15, and 10. Nuggets shot 40%. San Antonio shot 36.5%. That uh, was such a fun game. That was the game where Jamal... Uh, shot that elbow floater from like like he shot it up to a skyscraper uh, level uh, just to try to get it over the top of Lamarcus Aldridge without it being contested and what what a shot that was that was a that was kind of when I knew that Jamal was about those things uh, but 
Uh, Mike also says that one of the turnovers on Joker was a, a bogus illegal screen call. Yeah, I mean, that that's like Denver got, was the beneficiary of calls at times tonight. Uh, they certainly made that work with 36 free throws, like 32 of 36 from the line is a really big deal. And that absolutely is going to help you. Uh, Scott Foster coming in clutch for the Denver Nuggets, going up against uh, Chris Paul in the, in the Phoenix Suns in the second round. I, I have no doubt that Scott Foster was just looking out for the Nuggets' best interest there. That's always great. Uh, now let's go to Jamal. I mean, well, actually, so Joker's just like, he is that dude. There's nobody, nobody's questioning that. I do think that unless you get Jamal's performance, uh, then it comes in a loss, Joker's does, because nobody else went along with Jamal until Joker was, he was just bludgeoning down the door and finally put up 28. He, he was at 21 uh, right before, actually, he missed a free throw at one point, so I think he might have put up eight points in that final, like, two-minute stretch. But he, I mean, he was just very, very good. Obviously, fantastic play in general. And, like, just make more shots. And then it would, it would have been an all-timer, uh, just a complete all-time performance. Uh, kind of like what he had in Game 4. So let me, uh, let me not dispel it there. But Jamal Murray, another fantastic Jamal Murray performance as well. And I do think that... Like Nuggets fans were 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 kind of cut, they're kind of throwing up the pitchforks a little bit. If I'm if I'm being honest, I, I see a lot of it, especially from our Serbian listeners who they they want the ball in Jokic's hands. They want to see Joker win a championship, and anything that is less efficient than world class, I, I think, is definitely not something that they're super accustomed to. And Jamal didn't play well in Utah. I don't think that he had good performances. He made it work in Game 3, but in Game 4, I did not think he was good. The Nuggets made a very conscious effort tonight to get the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands, walking it up the floor. That was something that Nikhil Alexander-Walker did a great job in Games 3 and 4 of slowing down Denver's offense, making sure that they were bad, making sure that they were running down the clock all the time. And there were fewer instances of that tonight. Still some, still some when Jamal was was walking it up the court, especially later in the game. But I still think that overall, the reason why Jamal went off was because he was off the ball. It was, it was because he he didn't have to carry that burden. Sometimes Joker was the one to carry it up. Sometimes AG, sometimes Bruce. Those guys were, were dribbling the ball up the court. And it made things easier for Jamal to avoid that contact because Nikhil Alexander-Walker could get into him uh, in that in the backcourt area while he's got the ball in his hands. Easier said than done when he's off the ball. It's one of the reasons why Steph Curry is off the ball as often as he is, like not just because he's an, an incredible off-ball player, but because it saves the wear and tear on his body a little bit. So Jamal, can uh, he can be emblematic of Steph in that regard, I think where you get him off the ball, you run him off some screens, some uh, pin downs, some DHOs, uh, things like that, and, and he can find a way to get to his spots, whether it's in the post, whether it's on the wing, whether it's at the elbow, whatever you're looking for. Jamal got to his spots tonight and I think had maybe his best performance of the playoffs. Uh, it was very close. I Actually, I don't think his defense was as good as it was in Game 2, so I'd probably give Game 2 the nod there, but he was great tonight saved Denver's bacon tonight. There's no doubt about it. And they would not have they would not have won 
tonight. They probably wouldn't have even come close tonight if Jamal doesn't play the way that he does. Uh, he saved Denver in that second and third quarter where they needed flurries. They needed somebody who could get them through the tough times in the offense and make it work. 35 points, 12 of 23 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 6 of 6 from the line. That is efficient. That is exactly what people should be hoping for. Very efficient play, over 50% from the field, over 50% from 3, 100% from the free throw line. Only two turnovers compared to five assists. That's a great number. And very excited to see him have that game because in general, like, in general, Denver needs that. They needed somebody who could take the pressure off of Joker uh, when uh, Michael Porter isn't playing as well as he is. They need somebody who can hit those big shots, who can step up and create shots for himself. And Jamal and, and Joker were doing that. Jamal, or Joker less so from a, an efficiency standpoint, but Jamal actually picked up the efficiency tonight. That's kind of a rarity. Usually it's Joker shooting like 70% true shooting or whatever he does. Uh, but it was really nice to see the duo go off, make sure that they get this win at home. Uh, they did not want to go back on the road to Minnesota. And you look back on Jamal's series now. Game one started a little bit slow, but he picked it up, had 24-8-8, eight and eight if, I, if I'm not mistaken, and, and had a pretty good game. Game two, obviously fantastic, won them that game with his incredible play. Game three was fine, not great. Uh, the efficiency wasn't there, but he had nine assists, five rebounds, I think, uh, and, and still made some plays. And game four, he wasn't great. Uh, 19 points on 21 shots. Did still have like seven rebounds and five assists, but the, the efficiency wasn't there. And the overall level of play and the competency in, in running the offense wasn't there. Tonight, I thought it was. I thought he got Denver into their sets a little bit quicker. I thought he played with a little bit more purpose. And in general, the Nuggets just need that. Like they need somebody who can keep up the tempo, who can keep up the purpose. And, and he just continues to do that. So really impressive stuff from him to come back in that moment. Uh, I am not tearing up because of uh, because of Jamal's performance. I just want to make sure that everybody knows. Uh, no, I'm, I'm still sick. Still sick, guys. Still trying to get over and shake my cough. Uh, shake my uh, my cold, but look, it is what it is. Uh, that should be a meme if I'm being honest. Like, send that to Matt Moore. Make sure make sure to send him that clip and and see if he uh, see if he gets a laugh out of it. But no, it was great. Uh, Nikhil had done a great job on Jamal through the first four games of the series. Did not do a great job in Game Five, and Jamal absolutely took advantage of it. Made sure to get Denver this win. It was great stuff. I know everybody wants to talk about the Suns. I know that everybody wants to talk about round two. I will answer this from Cedric. Uh, how do you feel about a healthy Jamal going into round two? I, I think <laughs> – I'm sorry. I just read the next comment. Uh, I think that Jamal's in a better place physically when he doesn't have to bring the ball up. I think it just wears down when he has to do a lot on the defensive end and the offensive end, and he's just being, like, battered physically, like – I don't think he's in a great place where he can handle all of those things at once while playing 40 minutes of playoff defense. The great thing about Denver's second-round schedule is that it's going to be a little bit more spaced out, so they will have time. Uh, if, if the Suns decide they want to pressure him full court, make his life a living hell as much as they can, they will make it work. Uh, I think he'll be just fine. I think that 
Devin Booker the way that he's playing. Like Devin Booker's probably been the best player in the playoffs, if I'm being honest. Like he deserves a ton of credit for the way that he has played. I think that Jamal's going to want to rise to that occasion. And, and that's the exciting thing about who Jamal Murray is. All right, let's take another break, or let's take the first break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, the rest of the starters and the bench. But first, everybody, Superbook Sports is your best place to make everything count this spring with baseball, with hockey, with hoops. You know that Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 deponent of $250 bonus, excuse me, when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Jackson Roll, Ryan Blackford here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. Make sure to go give this a like in the comments section if you are there on the YouTube side. I really appreciate that. I see we've got some likes piling up already. Uh, appreciate that, as always. All right. Let's see what we have here with Michael Porter Jr. I'm just going to read these numbers. Eight points, 39 minutes. 3 of 10 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 0 free throws, 10 rebounds, 2 steals, uh, 0 blocks, but 0 turnovers. Led the team in plus minus, which is pretty funny. That, that's a pretty funny stat that even when Porter isn't out there hitting his shots, the team just needs a spacing. The team needs that threat. They need somebody who the defense is scared to death of leaving. And Porter got some wide-open looks tonight. I'm not going to lie. He should have been better than what he was. Did not really rise to the occasion in the first three quarters. I thought his defense wasn't great. I thought that there were a lot of things that you could point to and think, okay, yeah, not, not great. Maybe they shouldn't close with Mike tonight. And then he plays 22 minutes in the second half. Like, basically, I'm, I'm looking at my rotation chart here. Played the first five minutes of the third quarter. Came out for two minutes, then came back in along with Christian Brown in that third quarter. And they played some good minutes uh, in, in that third to help kind of steady the ship a little bit. But then he played the entire, like he finished up the third and then he played the entire fourth. Uh, was just out there to be a trusted guy. Uh, 40 minutes is a big, or 39 minutes is a big deal. I know Nuggets fans have really been pushing for that. But when he's not hitting shots and when he's not playing great defense, Sometimes it's tough to leave him out there because you don't know uh, what to really do. Like, you don't know what he's going to actually provide. And then he provided stuff in that fourth quarter. He had all eight of his points in that fourth, the first one being on a dunk where Rudy Gobert had to close out to him on the perimeter, and Porter just caught it, went right to the basket, dunked over, I think it was Cat, and not really on Cat, but over Cat. And they call a timeout, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe that was on the floater. 
there was a there was another play for sure, but and then Porter hits two big threes in that quarter as well in the fourth and, and helps Denver to preserve what was a, a very marginal lead at one point that ultimately got down to a tie again. But Denver won that fourth quarter 35 to 22. And it's such a big deal that they're able to make that happen, that they're able to make it work while he's out there because he has to be a piece of it. Like as, as we mentioned, he is so dangerous. He is so uh, like he's, he's just so dangerous when he's when he's there. And you know that he is going to continue to shoot. You know that he's not going to hesitate. Uh, Nikola Jokic said that if he doesn't shoot, then nobody else should be allowed to shoot because he's the best shooter on the team. And they trust him and they want him to keep taking those shots, even if he's not making them. Uh, Michael Malone said they want him to keep taking those shots, even if he's not making them. He clearly has the trust of the team. He clearly is in that level of that circle of trust area. And to get up seven threes and to make two of them in that fourth quarter, it's just so big. Um, I'm getting some disagreements here on the defense. Uh, disagree on the defense. He was actually really good in rotations and played solid man D. And obviously the 10 rebounds were fantastic. I do agree. I, I definitely agree. There's no doubt that those were big. He also had a big deflection against Rudy Gobert when Gobert was trying to catch a lob. And that's a that's a big play. Those those are big plays. I don't want to disparage that, but I just see like there are definitely some late rotations. Denver was blitzing uh, in that second half. They were trying to get the ball out of Ant's hands. They were trying to make him make decisions. And there were some plays where like he throws like they throw a looping pass over the top of Michael Porter, and rather than close out to the corner, he tries to jump up and intercept it. Doesn't get it turns around, watches Tari and Prince can a three. Like, it's plays like that where you just have to make the discipline play rather than making the the hero play. And like, he he was making discipline plays in the fourth quarter. I do want to make sure that I get that out there. But look, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to be Michael Porter sometimes. He's got a lot of pressure on him. Shots didn't go down, but good on Malone, good on the Nuggets for sticking with it. And Michael Porter made the T-Wolves pay for slacking off against him, and he made it work. All right, Aaron Gordon. You know, Malone gave credit to Aaron in the postgamer. Like, he, he right before he left, he's like, I have to make sure that I give credit to Aaron Gordon for his defense on Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not sure I fully agree. I don't think that his defense on Towns was great tonight. I thought that Jeff Green was actually better against Towns tonight. Uh and that's not like, I mean, neither of those guys were fantastic. So it's not saying too terribly much. But look, I think it's important for Gordon to move past this matchup where Towns was a tough, like he, he is a tough cover. He made it easier to cover him for a guy like Town, for a guy like Gordon, just because of how strong he is, how big he is, and how, how he was able to move. I also thought that Gordon did a better job of switching on to Anthony Edwards tonight forced a couple misses, didn't give up the open three, and Anthony Edwards went 0 of 6 from 3 tonight. So that's a, a good way to at least cut the head off the beast just a little bit where, where Ant is concerned. But I do think that Gordon's going to be so important for Denver in this next series. Like, he's just got to make those plays. He's got to make some threes. I thought that his first half, not good from a, a decision-making standpoint, from a shooting standpoint, took three threes and I think, the first quarter alone. You never want to see that. That's just not the right balance. So, look, 
Six of seven from the free throw line, though. If there's one thing that you can really say about Aaron, he's just making all his free throws again. And that's so great. Like, I don't know what he is on the series, but it's got to be over 80%. Like, he's just been really good from the foul line in in these five games. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully he continues to lock in. It feels like he's taking more time at the free throw line, and and his, his form is even more kind of relaxed in general. So we will see what it looks like in that second round. But... I do think he's been good. He's been he's been pretty good, uh, at least from that side. Um, KCP, just twenty five minutes for KCP tonight. Not his best. Um, there were there were a couple of plays that he made. There are a couple of transition plays that he made. Uh, made his free throws tonight. That's good. Didn't close the game though. That went to Bruce Brown, and I thought that was the right decision by Michael Malone um, for a number of reasons. Even if even if Bruce wasn't perfect, like I think it was a good decision. KCP was a minus six tonight in his 26 minutes. That was a team low, uh, wasn't perfect, and and did have two steals, had an assist, had two rebounds, had 10 points. But I thought that the team was better with Bruce Brown out there as a guy who could be another ball handler next to Jamal Murray. And I thought that Bruce had more success against Anthony Edwards than KCP did. So, Look, sometimes you got to make tough decisions, and KCP's a vet. He understands how this thing goes. Bruce Brown played pretty well, and we'll get to him in just a bit here. But, look, KCP is also going to be big in this series. He's going to have to slow down Devin Booker any way that he can. So if they can make that work, that will be great. That would be really, really helpful. Uh, so well, we'll get to that in the coming days, though, for sure. First half bench lineup. Uh, going through the process here, I, I know that I go through this process. I try to stay true to this, even on the series clinching time. Uh, Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. Uh, then there was a little bit of Nikola Jokic when he came back into the game. Uh, not a great offensive group unless Jokic is out there. The minutes where Aaron Gordon was out there, the team was actually really bad from an offensive standpoint. They got a couple turnovers. They got a couple points in transition, but... In the half court, there was a stretch where they turned the ball over on three separate occasions or three straight occasions, and that's just not good enough. Denver's got to have one of Jokic, Murray, or Porter out there at all times, pretty much. And I think in that group, it probably could have been Porter, uh, maybe over either KCP or Jeff Green. Uh, but they'll have to get creative with that rotation for sure. Um, second half bench lineup was Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter, Jeff Green, and one of Aaron Gordon or Nikola Jokic. Uh, notice that there are not a lot of bench guys out there. That's a uh, That was a key. Uh, Christian Brown only played, I think it was like three minutes in the second half. They, they really cut down on his minutes. He played, on my chart, he played nine, uh, six in the first half, three in the second. Says he played ten in the ESPN box score, the official box score. Uh I'm not surprised that this was the way that it was. I do think that they should try to get Christian Brown more time. Uh, we'll get to him in just a little bit. But let's go to Bruce Brown here, who he closed the fourth. He played more over KCP, and I thought it was the right decision because as a ball handler, as somebody who could really help out the entire group uh, from a ball handling perspective and, and, and bring the ball up the court, drive the lanes, I thought he was good. There were some extra possessions that he probably didn't need to have. Like he had four turnovers in this game, shot three of six from the field, but 0 of two from three. 
but he got to the free throw line eight times, and he made all eight of those bad boys. Denver went 32 of 36 from the line, 89% in the game, and that's just such a big deal. It really is such a big deal for them to be able to do that. Uh, Bruce was great. Bruce was Bruce has been everything that the Nuggets have needed in this series. He's scoring in different ways. He is creating for himself and for others. He's defending at a really high level. And I think he's going to have to. He's going to have to keep being that guy. He's going to have to keep being the 30-minute, like 25 to 30-minute-per-game guy off the bench that he can be. And as long as he's doing that at a, at a reasonably high level, I think that Denver's got a really good chance going forward. But Bruce Brown, very important to, Nugget, to the Nuggets' hopes. And I do think that he is going to be somebody who gets paid in the offseason. Just the way that he has contributed on a consistent basis, there's no like real dollar sign that you can attach to that. Where You need somebody who can do a little bit of everything. And Bruce Brown is a, is a legit jack-of-all-trades. Like You wish he was a little bit taller. You wish he could shoot a little bit better. You wish he was a better ball handler. But because he can do all of those things at a reasonable level, it makes him such a great Swiss Army knife for a team like Denver. So he has been used to his full effect in a Nuggets uniform so far, and hopefully that continues. A couple more here before we hit another break. Jeff Green, not great. Not not a great night from Jeff Green. I do think, look, sometimes I'm a little bit hard on him in the moments. I, I tweeted out very early in that first quarter when his stint came up. They're like, look, I, I thought that he was bad. I thought that he was really bad. He was giving up some hustle plays. Uh, he missed a dunk again. He was getting dusted on the perimeter by Nikhil Alexander-Walker. That's not good enough. Like, he's just got to make it work. And then he missed a couple free throws as well. Denver went 32 of 34 outside of Jeff Green, who went 0 of 2 at the line. Um, That was in, I think, the first quarter. But, look, he has the trust of the team. He was a plus 2 in this game in 19 minutes. Had a steal and a block. It was a chase down block, a really nice play. He had a flying in outside uh, offensive rebound from the perimeter that helped sit Denver save a possession right at the end of the third quarter. Uh, they didn't end up scoring on that possession, but it at least didn't go over to the T-Wolves. So there's something to be said for that. But Denver's going to need a Jeff Green game. They're going to need somebody else uh, if, they, if Jeff can't give that because he – I thought he was a good matchup against Cat and against Gobert at times in the Minnesota pick-and-roll, in the Minnesota post-up system. Uh, But they started figuring him out a little bit towards the end of the series, and I think the Jeff started wearing down a little bit. Like, he's been playing 20 to 30 minutes on a relatively consistent basis. Like, I think 19 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, is the lowest that he's played so far. So he is a big part of things for Denver. He has to be with the the eight-man rotation that they are running. So... Denver's got to make it work. And and if it's not him, then it's got to be somebody else. But look, how many of the other guys do you really trust? How many of the other guys at his size? Is it Zeke Naji? Is it Payne Watson? Is it Vlaco Chanchar? I think everybody can be talked into those guys, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. Like DeAndre Jordan, maybe, like for five minutes. Maybe that works. But DeAndre Jordan is going to get cooked against the Suns just because of their spread pick and roll. That's not a, a good option, I don't think. So I think that Jeff is going to be important in a Sun series. 
but it means that he has to be a hustler. It means that he has to be a connector. Uh, so we will see. We will see what ultimately happens. But let's move on finally to Christian Brown. Uh, not a lot to talk about with Christian. Played 10 minutes, was a plus seven, did some good things, was good defensively in his minutes against Ant, though Denver does switch those matchups up a lot where he starts out on Ant, but then immediately gets screened off and he's defending somebody else. Look, Christian made a three. He had an offensive rebound. He grabbed another rebound. He did have a bad turnover. I do want to make sure that that's mentioned in this, that one of the reasons why he didn't, uh, why why he wasn't out there for a whole bunch of time was because he, he made another really weird turnover where he, he tr- the one time where he tried to drive into the defense and create something because nobody else was really out there to create, immediately lost the ball, immediately gave it up for a turnover on the other end. So, look, he's not perfect. And Nuggets fans have to understand that they have to know that that Christian Brown will, he will be good eventually, but there are definitely things that he has to, that he's going to struggle with. But like everybody's saying in the comments, he's going to be big against the Suns. There's no doubt about that. 6-7 matches up reasonably well with Devin Booker, with uh, as much as anybody can match up with Kevin Durant. Uh, he'll switch on to Chris Paul and, and give some good minutes there. So I do think that Christian Brown's going to be a part of that. He's going to be asked to do a lot, and, and that's a series where he has to show up even more than the series that he's in now. So we will see. We will see. But for now, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, enjoying this moment, but also what we learned about the Nuggets in this series, in this first round series. But first, as you guys know, it is a great time to be a Denver sports fan, and the coverage here at Mile High Sports has never been better. As you guys know, I'm doing all right on the Denver Nuggets side of things, but we have a wide range of reporters and podcasters uh, covering the other pro and college teams across the front range. I know that my guy Zach Zegers is doing a great job covering uh, the CU Buffs and, and everything going on with Prime, Deion Sanders. So make sure to go check him out. Make sure to go check out what he's doing, Zach Seegers. Uh, but also make sure to go check out Cody Rourke on the Broncos beat. You've got the NFL Draft coming up on Thursday. Nuggets fans can actually feel okay if they if they want to watch that. That's okay because you've got an off day. Not a big deal. Uh, Drew Creaseman is on the Rockies beat. I'd understand if you didn't want to watch the Rockies right now, but Drew does some great work, so make sure to go check us out. And then Arif Dean is covering the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. So all of your local Colorado sports coverage is available at milehighsports.com and across social media at milehighsports. Plus, be sure to check out the latest issue of the MHS magazine. Every team, every day, this is Mile High Sports. We'll be right back and pick Axe and Roll. Final segment, Pick Axel. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Um, let's enjoy this moment. Let's enjoy this for just a little bit. I know that Nuggets fans were, because like, I saw it in my mentions. I saw it when I tweeted yesterday about the Milwaukee Bucks losing and that the NBA was, or Nuggets fans and NBA fans were worried about the wrong one seed. Everybody was like, oh, crap. Ryan reverse jinxed the Nuggets. He did it again. He was just so horrible of a human being. 
for having faith in the Nuggets that they would take care of business. Lo and behold, they do. Lo and behold, they figured it out. They always make you kind of go through the pain just a little bit more. But let's be honest. like They played fewer tough minutes in this series than I think the Suns did in their series against the Clippers. And, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Suns. I'm not going to focus on that matchup right now. I, I think that there's going to be plenty of time uh, just as a as a note. I think that Swipa, myself, Adam, and Matt will all probably do another Avengers podcast on my guess is Friday. We'll probably try to make that work on a Friday uh, just to be able to cover that from a holistic perspective. Uh, but Swipa and I will also probably do something on Sunday and do weekends with Swipa reacting to game one. Uh, whether I do a reaction podcast on Saturday night, I don't really know, but we'll figure that out. But even before the podcast with Adam and Matt, uh, I, I have no doubt that I'll have some Nugget Suns preview coverage that we'll be able to get to. We'll look at some other teams as well, but there will be plenty of opportunities. But I do think that Nuggets fans, before you get to that point, before you focus too heavily on the Suns, there'll be plenty of time for that. The most important thing you can do right now is take a deep breath. This is a long, grinding experience. This series that is about to take place between the Nuggets and the Suns, it is going to take a long-ass time to get done. Like I expect that thing to go seven. I expect that thing to play a lot uh, Michael Talley, uh, earlier in the podcast, he said, according to Katie Wingy, the game dates for the second round against Phoenix are April 29th, May 1st, the 5th, the 7th, the 9th, the 11th, and the 14th. Today's April 26th, so there will be plenty of time to cover the Suns. That's going to be a lot. And then the, the conference finals, if Denver's lucky enough to get there, will probably start on May 17th. And then the NBA Finals will probably start on June 1st-ish, like somewhere around there. So there's going to be so much to do. And if the Nug- if Nuggets fans are lucky enough to kind of get through that and to be able to enjoy all of those series for personal selfish reasons, then it's going to be a grind. So I think that... Denver's going to figure it out. They're going to have their time. But for now, most important thing we can do is just enjoy them having a a gentleman's sweep. How many series have the Nuggets won in fewer than six games in the Michael Malone era? I'll give you a hint. It's zero. It's zero. This is the first time. This is the very first time that they won a series in fewer than six games. If you go back to it, 2019, they won against San Antonio in seven and then they lost to Portland in seven. In 2020 in the bubble, they won against Utah in seven. They won against the Clippers in seven. Then they lost to the Lakers in five. 2021, they won against the Portland Portland Trailblazers in six. And then ultimately lost to the Suns in four. 2020, we, we don't talk about that, by the way. That, that didn't happen. Um, 2021, or 2022, excuse me. They lost to the Warriors in five, basically in a in a gentleman sweep where Denver got a win at home in a very similar method, in a very similar way that the T-Wolves got uh, in game four in, in this particular series. So now you've got this year where they win in five, 
very similar to the team that won the title last year in the Golden State Warriors. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes you drop a game. Sometimes you don't look your best. But the Nuggets were always going to challenge in that series against Golden State. They didn't really have a good matchup for Joker. And, and Draymond Green was just fantastic in that series, just, just making Joker's life as difficult as they possibly could. But they could load up on Joker, and he still did some great things, just like Anthony Edwards did in this particular series. So there is going to be, like, there's going to be a lot of comparisons to be made there. And I think personally that Denver, they're in a pretty good spot now. They've only played five games. They're going to have three days off, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, before they play game one against the Suns. And you get to sit back and enjoy the fact that you you actually took care of business. Like, people wanted them to win in four. People wanted them to get the sweep. They were very close. They were one Nikola Jokic free throw away from getting the sweep. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. So they will make it work. But now, what do we learn about the Nuggets in this series? What do we learn in these five games? I think I've got five things that I'm just going to pop through really quick. Nikola Jokic is incredible, but not immortal. Tonight was a really good exploration of that. Jokic is fantastic. He does some great things going up against Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns and, and a swarming Timberwolves defense. They did a great job of making his life difficult throughout this series, and, and he wasn't always perfect. He didn't always shoot efficiently. And tonight, I think you saw that, that he isn't going to go 100% from the field. He's not going to shoot 60% from the field all the time. He's not going to shoot 70% from the field all the time. He's going to sometimes shoot 50. He's going to sometimes shoot 40. And he's going to sometimes, maybe maybe even badly, like he did tonight. But it still doesn't prevent him from being great. It still doesn't prevent him from figuring stuff out and, and making a positive impact throughout. And he, he made a superstar impact. There's no doubt about that. But 28, 17, and 12, two steals, two blocks, was a plus three and a three-point win. Big time. 43 minutes, by the way. Big time. Like that's a, that's a big deal. I don't want to bemoan that. But he's also needing help, just like he showed last year. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs it. And he's no exception. LeBron James needs help. Kobe Bryant needs help. Michael Jordan needs help. All these guys do. It's not a death sentence on your career to say they need somebody else who can help you get through the tough moments. And the great thing is that Jamal can. Jamal Murray can be great, not good, great, when he is not worn down. When he's fresh, when you keep his legs relatively fresh, when he is spry, when he's not having to carry the load, when he is not battling somebody for 94 feet for 48 minutes a night, he's got a great shot. Excuse me. <coughs> he's got a great shot. He can figure it out. He can do a lot of good things. And I'm pretty impressed with his ability to bounce back and Denver's ability to kind of scheme the ability for him to help bounce back in this moment after he struggled in games three and four. They were fantastic, and and Jamal was fantastic in those moments. Carried Denver in this game at various points, carried them in game two at various points, had some good moments in game one and game three, and then struggled in game four. 
I think that he's going to be integral. If they want to win the next series, if they want to win a title, he's got to be better than this series. But the great thing is, is that he rises to the occasion. He's always going to do that. It's in his DNA. It's in his blood. Denver's got to help him along that path. They have to make sure to keep him as fresh as possible. That means using KCP, using Bruce Brown to defend guys, making sure that he doesn't have to carry the ball up the floor, dribble the ball up the floor 94 feet every single time. Like Try to find opportunities to get him breaths. Try, try to find opportunities to save his legs. If you can do that, then he can help you, and he will help Nicola. There's no doubt about that. Number three, Michael Porter Jr. is clutch. Definitely clutch. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But the problem with Porter, and, and it's not really a problem, it's just like any other player, is that he can be hit or miss. There are going to be moments where the shot doesn't go down. There are going to be moments where he's not as engaged as he needs to be defensively and gives up some mistakes, gives up some bad moments. How he responds in those moments is a really big deal. And how he responded tonight was a really big deal. The team still trusts him. They want him to shoot those shots. They want him to stay locked in on the defensive end, focused on being helpful the shooting will take care of itself because he's that talented of a shooter. And got himself free for a dunk, made himself available, and sometimes you just need to see the ball go through the net one time because he was 0 of 7, finished the game 3 of 10. Like, sometimes that, that's all it needs. Like, he got a dunk, got himself to 1 of 8, then he made his last two threes. It's all it takes, man. Like, he doesn't have to go crazy. Nobody does. Like, he's just going he's gonna to be fine. You don't need anybody to do anything wild with him, but he's capable of going off. There's no doubt about that. I think that the matchups that I'm looking forward to from a scoring perspective, Jokic and KD are going to battle. Devin Booker and Jamal Murray are going to battle. MPJ and Chris Paul is a sneaky like battleground where if Chris Paul is going off and, and he's putting up 20 points a night, then Denver's probably not winning the series. There's no doubt about that. They've got to slow him down, and they've also got to make sure that Michael Porter scores probably 20 a night. <laughs> he can he can absolutely do that. There's no doubt in my mind that he can do that, uh, but we will just have to see what it looks like. I think that he's going to be excellent in this series. I think he's going to be kind of making up for what was a bad 2021 series against the Suns. I think he's going to be way better in this the, this one than he was in that one. And they're going to try to target him in the same ways. It might work sometimes. I don't think it's going to work all the time. And he's more mentally tough now than when he was two years ago. I, I do firmly believe that. Number four, Denver's defensive role players are busting their ass. Like right now, it's, it's just been, it's been really fun to watch. Bruce Brown is hustling. KCP's hustling. Christian Brown's hustling. AG hustling. Those guys are working hard. And it's tough. It, that's, a, that's a tough role to play. It's a thankless job because Joker's going to get all the credit. Murray's going to get all the credit, or at least most of it. Porter, when he goes off, he's going to get all the features written about him on the Michael Porter Jr. redemption story. You're not getting a lot of features written about KCP, about Bruce Brown. Those guys are role players, and they know it. They understand it, but they also accept that role because they're all about winning. And you need guys like that to make it work. You absolutely do. Um, I do think that that's going to be helpful. 
I'm sorry. Truth Teller has entered the chat and he is already criticizing Jamal. Uh, bro, Jamal, Joker went 8 of 29 tonight, dude. It wasn't Jamal's passing that made him go 8 of 29. Like, what are we doing? Uh, come on. But I do think that, look, the role players in this are such a big deal. They're going to be a big deal going forward. If they can continue playing hard and, and executing at a high level, Denver's got a chance. They absolutely do. Like, I, I think that the Suns are very smart. They're going to try to get away from targeting the the uh, like they're going to target the stars. They're not going to target the role players a lot. Like they're not going to go at Aaron Gordon a ton. They're not going to go at KCP a ton. They'll have to at times just running normal offense. But they'll probably seek out Jamal. They'll probably seek out MPJ. They'll probably seek out Jokic. Like that's just what's going to happen. But if those guys can play the gaps really well, if they can make defensive plays from help side really well and just try to do that, that would be a big, big deal. And finally, I think that the version that we just saw of Denver isn't good enough to beat the Suns. Do I think that Denver can beat the Suns? Absolutely. Do I think that they will beat the Suns? I don't know. Like, I still think that there's a lot that Denver needs to level up at. There's a lot that they need to improve at. If Denver shoots the way that they shot tonight, they're not going to win. Like the Suns are just too talented. They are going to make shots even when Denver contests them really, really well. That's just how it works. That's just how it is. The playoffs, you have to, the cream rises to the top. You have to be the best version of yourself. If you can't take away the opposing team's offense, then your offense has to rise to that occasion. Now, do I think the Nuggets can be better? Yes, I do. I really, really do. I think that they have levels to this where. Rudy Gobert played a fantastic defensive series against Nikola Jokic. I really do believe that. Carl Anthony Towns in this last game was great defensively against Jokic. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, great all series against Jamal. Those guys were great. And the Suns probably don't have those same versions of defenders. Like, they're probably not that good in that scope. Sorry, I'm fighting through it, guys. I'm fighting through it. I'm doing my best. Uh, But look, Denver's got to level up. That's who they have to be. They have to be the team that continues to get better and better and better as the season wears on. If they don't, then they'll lose. That's just plain and simple. I I don't want to beat around the bush on this. Denver will lose if they are not better than this version of themselves. They didn't have to be great to beat the T-Wolves. They had to be good. And their talent really carried them through. Now you got to level up. Now you got to find the next version of yourself. And the next version of themselves is good enough to beat the Suns. I think that they have another level that they can get to. I think that these guys were mostly in fifth gear throughout the series, but they have to be in sixth to get through the Suns. And the shot making that they put on display, the Suns had to work really hard to get past the Clippers. I believe that, and I I think that a lot of Nuggets fans will take that as solace. They will definitely try to say that that's the reason. Sorry. They will definitely try to use that as reason to think that there should be some positivity there, but it's a little bit different. Clippers are extremely well coached. They made the Suns fight for everything they had to fight for. And 
Like that's just gonna keep it's just gonna keep persisting. <coughs> Good lord. Um yeah, those guys are just going to keep fighting. And I know that they didn't have Kawhi and PG. I know that the Suns defense is not that good. I don't think that they are I don't think that the Suns are good enough right now to beat the Nuggets at their top level. But I don't think the Nuggets are good enough to beat the Suns right now at the Suns' top level. I think that these teams are going to both rise to the level in this series. I think that those these teams are both going to be fantastic in this upcoming series. KD is going to go crazy. Booker is, has been going crazy in these playoffs already, but he's going to go crazy against Denver. There's no doubt about it. But I think the Joker could go crazy. I, I think that Denver can absolutely make it work. They can absolutely put up points in bunches against the Suns team that doesn't have the same level of size, physicality, defensive discipline, and defensive like personnel that the that the T-Wolves did. Like H13 said, you think Jokic will feast versus the Suns since he was cooking Cat Gobert? Yeah, I think I think I'll have an easier time. Cook is probably the wrong word because they're going to try to defend him one-on-one. They are going to try to not allow other guys to beat them. Very much at the same level that uh, last year, uh, not last year, the last series went, where Suns won in four games. They could uh, they could move off of Faku Campazzo. They could move off of Austin Rivers. They could move off of uh, Aaron Gordon in that series. And I think that'll be a little bit different this time around with Jamal Murray, KCP, and a, hopefully a better version of Aaron Gordon, hopefully a better version of Michael Porter. But it's not like Denver... Like, if Joker can't cook eight and one on one, then things become a lot more difficult. So, a lot of it's going to come down to that. A lot of it's going to come down to what he can do, what he can, what he can figure out there. But uh, like Fernando says here, if you foul out Aiton, then you've got Biombo and Lando, and I think that Denver should really benefit from that matchup. They have the juice in that matchup for sure. This is going to be all about fouls. This is going to be all about matchups. This is going to be all about execution. And Denver has guys that are capable of doing that. Murray, I think, will get free in this series in a way that he didn't uh, against the T-Wolves. Like, he still found ways to get free against the T-Wolves, but I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a better defender than Josh Okoge and Torrey Craig. Like, I do. I think that he's the type of defender that Murray struggles with. Murray doesn't struggle with the Okoge and Craig types that are more about their own personal physicality as opposed to the combination of length and athleticism that Nikhil provided. So that's going to be very interesting. But I think that Denver, they will rise to the occasion. They will figure it out. This is going to be very interesting to see how they do. But I am looking forward to this moment. I think Nuggets fans are looking forward to this moment too. And there will be plenty of time to talk about it. But I think I got to sign off because, boy, howdy, am I sick. Boy, howdy, am I fighting through it right now. Uh, doing my best here, but Michael, I think uh, I think it's time, my friend. Let's hit that outro music. Um, all right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Pick Action Roll. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. What a night! Nuggets get it done. Rain down confetti from the rafters as they make it work against 
the T-Wolves. Is it just the eight-seeded T-Wolves? A team that probably didn't want to be there that much anyway. Denver still had to take care of it. They had to take care of business. They got it done. And we got it done here too. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hit that like button on the way out. Thank you so much for the well wishes. I'm going to go to bed. Holy hell.